and welcome to the Bird's Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. We are back and the Eagles are back. There is life again at the NovaCare Complex. After seven weeks of the deep offseason where the NFL kind of faded into the background a little bit as players took some time away from the Eagles facility and took some time with their families, definitely worked out, definitely uh, stayed in tip-top shape. That was one of the uh, commands of Nick Sirianni heading into this period. The Eagles are back, and the Eagles report for training camp today for the first time to start the 2023-2024 NFL season. The Eagles reported to training camp as of 10 o'clock this morning, July the 25th, as we're taping this. So what we wanted to do today is we wanted to just take a look position by position, and see what are the big battles, where are the players that are most likely going to make the team, where are the ones that are going to be staring on the outside looking in, as the 90-man roster goes through and tries to compete for the 53-man roster, which there is going to be one cut this year. It's going to occur after all the preseason games have completed. That's a new rule change this year. There's one cut. It's at the very end of the preseason. So we'll go through, we'll take a look at some of the major battles. I'll give you a little bit of some of the statistics and why particular players might be leaning more towards a spot on the roster than others, especially on the defense. On the defensive end, a lot of the players that might be fighting for roster spots didn't really play much at all last year. Uh, so we will see how things like that pan out. So... Again, we're going to go position by position, and we're going to start with quarterback. Uh, certainly, it's the most important position on the team. But when we're talking about quarterback, we also know pretty much how it's going to pan out. Jalen Hurts, he's the number one QB. There is no question about that. The Eagles also went ahead and they brought in Marcus Mariota during free agency. They brought him in uh, and it is very, very likely that unless Mariota tanks, he's going to be the number two. The question becomes the third-string quarterback. The Eagles have four quarterbacks on their roster. I don't see them keeping four. see them really kind of keeping a third. Uh, and the third-string quarterback is going to be the battle between Ian Book and Tanner McKee. Ian Book, the Eagles picked up from New Orleans off of waivers. Tanner McKee was picked up in the draft. Ian Book last played in 2021 in the NFL. Uh, he played for New Orleans. He uh, went 12 uh, for 20 in passing yards or passing attempts uh, in a 20-3 loss to Miami for the Saints. Uh, he threw 135 yards uh, and two interceptions. That was his. Uh, that was his one regular season game that he has played in. Uh, his college stats are pretty good, but he had a 40.6 passer rating in that one regular season NFL game. And in the preseason, his passer rating has been in the 70s. It's a common problem among college players is how do you make the transfer from college to the NFL? And that's an area that Ian seems to have struggled with a little bit and is one of the reasons why he's fighting for a third-string quarterback spot. Now, Tanner McKee was drafted uh, by the Eagles this year in this uh, 2023 draft, uh, and 
he, over his career at Stanford, he played three seasons for Stanford. He threw 748 times, had 473 completions, 28 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Those are on par with Ian Book's college stats. Ian simply hasn't impressed in uh, the NFL world. And so we'll see how that pans out over the course of training camp, whether or not he's going to be able to demonstrate to the Eagles that he deserves that number three quarterback spot compared to uh, Tanner McKee, uh, who the Eagles drafted, who there is some degree of confidence in. Moving on to the next position spot is running back. The big news in running back, as we all recall, is the departure of Miles Sanders. The Eagles simply weren't going to pay him the kind of deal that he was looking for, so away he went. And so that left from the Eagles' running back core, principally, Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. The Eagles went out and they added DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Uh, Trey Sermon was also a part of the running back monster, but he wasn't really a significant contributor over the course of the 2022 to 2023 season. There is one other running back on the roster, Kennedy Brooks. Uh, he is by far and away a long shot to make the team. Kenny Gainwell had an awesome Super Bowl run. He was 33 for 181. Um, Scott will most likely be a rotational uh, back, just kind of like what he was uh, in uh, 2022. He'll likely reprise that role. Uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, over the course of the uh, 2022 to 2023 season, uh, when he was playing with the Lions, uh, he actually was a solid receiver. He had 99 rushes for 542 yards. That's about five and a half yards on average. Um, but his receiving... Uh, is something that really helps him stand out among the Eagles' running back core. Uh, he had 48 catches for 389 yards. That's 8.1 uh, yards on average. Uh, and he had three touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns. Uh, he had five rushing touchdowns over the course of the 22-23 to 23 season with the Lions. Uh, three uh, receiving touchdowns. You don't really see the Eagles have a strong receiving back. Uh, you kind of see it, but by far, or but they're not really in comparison uh, to, uh, to Swift. Uh, and in addition, Rashad Penny uh, came in as well as a, or through free agency. He has been the most productive. Uh, he had 57 rushes for 346 yards last season. Uh, four catches for 16 yards. Uh, the big problem with him has been injuries. So it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to, or whether or not he's going to be in a position where he would be able to uh, rise above the injury-prone label that is being attached to him, uh, and being able to uh, demonstrate why he uh, is a uh, very strong producing running back. So it is likely going to be those four, uh, Penny, Kenny Gainwell, uh, Boston Scott, DeAndre Swift. Uh, Sirianni has expressed an interest in doing a running back by committee. He's at least open to the idea. Um, it might not happen depending on how things go in training camp, how things go as they're prepping for the preseason games. We'll see what happens on that front. It is 
very, very, very likely that Trey Sermon is going to be on the outside of this group looking in. He wasn't, he's a big unknown. We don't really know what he brings to the table. He was on the outside looking in over the course of the 2022 to 2023 season. Uh, he was brought in after training camp, so we didn't really get to see him and see how he performs and see how he uh, is able to uh, bring his own skills to the table. And he basically sat for most of the year. So he he's probably the biggest unknown. Unfortunately, sometimes this is one of those areas where the, the phrase, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, that comes to mind. And in this situation, unfortunately, I think uh, Trey Sermon is going to be on the outside of this, uh, looking outside of this crew of four here looking in. So we'll see what happens on that front there. It's going to be interesting. Most likely it's going to be the, the top four that I laid out, but anything could happen and Trey Sermon could come in and surprise everybody and demonstrate that, you know what, he really should be a number one running back. In the wide receiver front, we certainly know uh, that A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are going to be wide receivers one and two. That's objective fact. Um, wide receiver three is where the, uh, where the battles are going to be fought out. The two strongest candidates are Quez Watkins and Alameda Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, he was 40 catches for 533 yards or during the 2022 season. That's 13.3 yards on average. He had three touchdowns uh, during his uh, stint. He was brought in during free agency. Uh, Quez Watkins, as we all know, uh, played for us, uh, for the Eagles last year. He um, had 33 catches for 354 yards, uh, 10.7 yards per catch on average. He had three touchdowns as well. So the battle is going to be between these two. Um, one of them's going to get the wide receiver three spot, and then the other is probably going to be a backup. We'll see what happens on that front there. Based on the stats alone, I'm kind of leaning more towards Zacchaeus, um, but Quez does have the familiarity with the system, uh, familiarity with um, playing with Jalen Hurts, uh, the familiarity with Brian Johnson a little bit, even though Johnson was uh, the quarterback's coach, playing with Sirianni, certainly. We'll see what happens there. I think there's going to be some opportunity uh, for this to play out. There are a lot of wide receivers on the roster. If you actually go in and look at a depth chart uh, or on, at a roster listing right now, uh, you would find that, oh, there's a lot of names on the roster. But realistically, besides Britton Covey, who was the punt returner last year, uh, they don't really have a chance at making the team. It could happen. Crazier things have happened. Uh, but it is unlikely at this point. The next position is tight end, and really there's not a ton going on over there. It's going to be Dallas Goddard as the tight end. There's really not going to be a ton of change from the 2022 to 23 roster uh, on the tight end position. Offensive line, the biggest, biggest opening that we have on the offensive line is going to be right guard. Uh, the right guard uh, opened up with Isaac Zamalu's departure. That is most likely going to be Cam Jurgens' spot to lose. Let's be very, very clear about that. Uh, Cam Jurgens is 
the heir apparent to the center position when Jason Kelsey retires, it is most likely going to be Cam Jurgens that's going to replace him. So Cam has actually practiced over the course of the OTAs with the first teamers in that right guard position. So it's most likely going to be Cam Jurgens taking that spot. There has to be a really, really, really clear person who was brought in where they're clearly better than Jurgens for them to take over that. But uh, Jurgens had effectively a, a redshirt season last year. Um, really just kind of sitting in the wings waiting for um, his opportunity to step to the helm of the offensive line, uh, and this will be an opportunity to experience that. This will be an opportunity for him to uh, step into that leadership role and get to experience the offensive line before he moves into the center role whenever Jason Kelsey decides that he's done, he's going to hang up the cleats, and uh, ride off into the retirement sunset. If Jurgens does lose it, most likely it's going to be lost to a guy, Tyler Steen. He was a third rounder from Alabama. Uh, there are some solid backups on that front. It's kind of hard to really put stats to offensive linemen. Uh, really, it's a lot of game tape that's going to need to be watched. The defensive line, there aren't really a ton of things to point out on the defensive line, except uh, the defensive line crew actually got noticeably better. Uh, even though we lost a little bit, we got, certainly gained uh, Jalen Carter, uh, who was uh, drafted in the top 10 of the first round. Also brought in uh, some other folks. Mauro Jomo came in through the draft. Contavia Street was brought in through free agency. There's significant depth on the defensive line. I think there's going to be some interesting uh, things to see. Can't wait to see how Jalen Carter does uh, as he is uh, factored into the defensive line. Linebacker, we cleaned house <laughs> at linebacker. Uh, there are two new starters that are going to be at linebacker. It's going to be N'Kobe Dean. Uh, he has already been basically told that he's going to be the green dot. Green Dot indicates that that player's helmet has the radio communications back to the sideline, back to uh, the defensive coordinator. So the fact that uh, Nakobe Dean is already in the Green Dot position, it's exciting for him. He's got an opportunity really to show uh, some strong leadership. He didn't have a ton of on-field time, so he'll be stepping into that leadership role there. There are some options at linebacker as well. Uh, you've got uh, Nicholas Morrow. He was brought in as a free agent from Chicago. You've got Christian Ellis, Davion Taylor, guys that we really shouldn't sleep on. Opportunities for these guys to come in and, and vie for that starter spot. There is definitely one open. I think maybe Nicholas Morrow might be a little bit more of the front runner just simply because he's got the NFL experience that guys like Ellis and uh, Taylor do not have. Um, but we'll see how training camp plays out. At the cornerback position, uh, we know the guys. We know the starting cornerbacks. Uh, Darius Slay, uh, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox. Those are going to be your starters at cornerback. It's going to be more interesting when it comes to the backup, though. We've got uh, Kelly Ringo. Uh, Zach McPherson, Greedy Williams, Josh Job, those guys, um, especially some of those later guys, um, Kelly certainly was drafted this year. Uh, so he's going to be looking for a spot in that roster. 
Um, but Zach McPherson, Greedy Williams, Josh Job, those are guys that, you know, they want to have their spot at, on the roster as well. And there's limited space and they need to demonstrate why they are the guys. Um, so that'll be, that'll be the interesting uh, battle there and or on the cornerback spot, it's really going to be more for the, those backups, those, those later in the depth chart positions. Who are your best players? Safety, we've got most likely going to wind up being Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edwards uh, that are going to be there. Again, we cleaned house at safety. Uh, Marcus Epps uh, has left. CJ Gardner-Johnson, we all remember the debacle that occurred with him in terms of uh, his contract and trying to test out the free agency market, but the realizing that his demands were exaggerated and then went back to the Eagles, but the Eagles by that point had moved on. Uh, so he is now elsewhere. Uh, and so we now have Sidney Brown uh, also kind of in the mix here. Sidney Brown, it was pointed out, Sidney Brown is a Red Star guy, and that means that the uh, one of the scouts, one of the uh, members of the staff, they look at him, there's something about him that they like. And so they affix this red star uh, to him on the board. And so if they're debating, that actually comes into effect. If somebody's a red star guy and the other person's not, red star guy might be more likely to get picked. So that's safety. Um, on special teams, really the biggest, biggest battle is going to be punter. Uh, Ty Zentner versus Aaron Sipos, uh, the rookie, the undrafted rookie versus the guy who's been doing it for the last couple of years. Uh, Aaron Sipos has been mid at best, very, very mid. Over the course of the 2022 season, uh, he averaged 45.6 gross punting yards, uh, 39.6 net when you factor in returns, etc. Um, he had 16 punts inside the 20. That's great. Those are those are decent stats. The problem is the stats put him at the towards the very bottom of the NFL. Uh, so he's been a very mid guy. The 45.6 average punt distance is uh, 26 in the league. Uh, the net yardage, 39.6. That's 30th in the league. Uh, and then 16 inside the 20. Um, that's 28th in the league. Now, the net yards can't really hold those entirely against Sipos. That's a lot of special team uh, of the special teams work just in general and the Eagles special teams over the course of the 2022 to 2023 season left a lot to be desired. And that's putting that very charitably. We all remember the disaster that occurred in the Super Bowl when uh, the chiefs returned upon 65 yards to set up another touchdown. So it was significant enough that the Eagles brought in some competition and they brought in a guy, Ty Zentner, who does not have much better stats and in some cases actually worse. Uh, he had about 44 and a half yards per punt uh, and he had 27 punts inside the 20. The special teams uh, coordinator for the Eagles pointed out that they liked his game tape and they liked the fact when he was punting in Kansas State uh, that's not an easy place to punt. And so the fact that he was punting in that place uh, and pulling these kinds of stats, it made them interested. And in how would he do in a place like Philadelphia where um, it's maybe a little bit easier to punt? So the Eagles liked his game tape. My concern is that I don't think that these stats are 
uh, significant enough to cause Aaron to not have the job or cause the Eagles to move away from Aaron Sipos and towards Ty Zentner. Maybe the environment in Kansas State impacted uh, Zentner's ability to draw more significant stats. We'll see what happens in training camp. It'll be fun watching these two go back-to-back, go go for it, um, go head-to-head and for that one likely punter spot. The one thing that does make a guy like Zentner stand out is he can do kickoffs, which he did do in college. That could provide uh, Jake Elliott some, uh, some rest opportunities. That way he doesn't have to worry about uh, kicking off uh, during the preseason, etc., but the big concern, obviously, is um, these stats, and the Eagles are right now attributing it to the environment that Zentner was playing in. Are they really good enough to cause Sipos to want to grow? Because that's ultimately what's going to need to happen if Sipos or Zentner want to improve upon uh, the punter position. Um, Sipos did grow from 21 to 22. Those stats that I mentioned uh, for Sipos earlier uh, are actually uh, significantly increased. There is no question about that. The question then becomes, how will Sipos take that next step? How will Sipos take the next step forward? That's really been the most important thing to Nick Sirianni, has been taking the next step. It's getting that 1% better each day going forward. Sirianni did, at the beginning of the spring meetings, etc., he did show the picture of the uh, Super Bowl confetti. He's not the kind of guy that likes to look back, but he did say that it was okay to use that as motivation, but it can't distract you from the process. And so here we are at the start of training camp. Eagles are embarking once again on that process. It will be very interesting to see how all of these different little battles play out. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Where are the battles that you're most interested in? Who are the players that you are excited to see over the course of this training camp? There is going to be one public training camp practice. It's going to be on August the 6th at 7 p.m. at Lincoln Financial Field. Tickets start at just $10. All proceeds go to the Eagles Autism Foundation. You can find those tickets on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Just look for the link to the training camp practice that is there, uh, and you'll be able to make the purchase through the Philadelphia Eagles website and through Ticketmaster. Bird's Nest Media will be there. If you're going to be there too, drop a like, drop a comment down below and thanks to everyone for tuning in to the bird's nest podcast you can support the bird's nest podcast by liking and subscribing to bird's nest media on youtube and sharing to your social media pages you can also find us on soundcloud itunes google play music amazon podcasts and spotify you can also visit birdsnestmedia.com to find the latest eagles news and if you're so inclined to support bird's nest media you can do so through patreon either through the link at the description to this video or through our website, birdsnestmedia.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles.